What's up, guys? This is Jordan Haddock. What's up? This is Anthony Calavito. What's up, guys? This is Pat Sr. What's up, everyone? This is Graham Tuck, and you're listening to the New Guys Podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. What is up? Welcome back, guys. New Guys Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5, coming at you. Three of the four with us here uh, this week. Anthony's uh, got some stuff going on with school right now, so he's taking a break. No problem with that whatsoever. All that stuff is so much more important. But, you know, the drill, follow all of us on social media. Handles are in the descriptions, as always, presented by Ride the Wave. We're going to jump right into it. We omitted this last week, but this week we're doing our winners and losers from Week 3 in the NFL. Some... Shocking games, some not-so-shocking games, and Jordan, I know you've got a lot on your mind about this past week, so if you want to jump right into your winners and losers from this week. Yeah, so we, we there were some pretty stark predictions made last week between us. There's a couple <laughs> yeah. of, uh, there's a couple of uh, lone dogs from Graham. I was a lone dog in the Chiefs, so there's a lot of different ways we could go with the winners and losers. So I'll start with my winner. I got Jared Goff as the winner. Um, it was between him and Mahomes for me. I think Mahomes kind of pushed himself into that He's way ahead of every quarterback in the league. But I think Jared Goff has a lot of question marks about him, um, at least coming into the season. Even more so coming into this this game, specifically against the Bills defense, who's arguably the best in the league. And he showed that he can put up 30-plus on a fantastic defense, um, or against a fantastic defense, and really you know, could have won the game if his, if his defense could have held up. So I think he's definitely my winner this week. He's proven that he still you know, should be considered a top quarterback in the league and can lead the Rams to the playoffs. And then for my loser, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles special teams because if yeah. any of you guys watched the uh, the finale of that game, I mean, the Eagles as a whole should be a loser because they just have don't know what they're doing. But, you know, they had that uh, field goal. It was going to be a, it was going to be a long one, but it was it, Jake Elliott's got a boot, so he could have got it. And yeah. someone someone on their line false starts in, in, in overtime and just puts them out of field goal range like it would have been like a 67 yarder so they lost in the game theoretically it ends in a tie the eagle season gets even worse the nfc east just gets absolutely just oh, i don't even know how to explain how bad the nfc east is it's it's sad but yeah the eagles defense will be my loser uh definitely uh, or special teams i should say and then i got jared goff as the winner all right i guess i'll go next yeah pat run it honestly if you know me like i mean I'm not a big Cowboys guy, and I said last week I didn't really think they were serious contenders, and Graham took exception to that. I think everybody did. But I'm going to go with my winner of the week being Dak Prescott. Um, I did not know that he threw 57 times. I'm looking at it right now. But he kept them in the game with arguably the best team in the whole entire NFL, and the Seattle Seahawks, arguably the best offense, probably the best offense thus far. Um, so i got to give it to him. i got to give him credit where credit's due. And then for my loser... Oh, my God. I got to go with Lamar Jackson. Just like an absolutely terrible, abysmal, pathetic performance from the MVP last year. He threw 97 yards. Like, as an MV- as a former MVP going against probably your only real threat in the AFC, you lay an absolute goose egg on Monday Night Football, 15 for 28, 97 yards, a touchdown. Like, Mahomes threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. You're just getting outplayed, kid. You got to step it up. It's just not a good look at all. It's terrible. So he's the biggest loser of the season so far with that game. Terrible. So I, for me, it was much easier to pick a loser for the week than to pick a winner. 
I would say that my winner for this week is probably going to have to be Matthew Stafford because the Lions were in a close game with the Cardinals who were undefeated entering the week. Kyler Murray played particularly well. First of all, there was one play in about, I can't remember if it was late third or middle of the fourth quarter. Cardinals had a fourth and one, and Cliff Kingsbury chose to take Kyler Murray out of the game to try to run a play. And it just did not work whatsoever. They put in the backup quarterback for seemingly no reason. And Kyler got pretty heated at Cliff on the sideline after it, after the fact. Uh, but Matthew Stafford finally had Kenny Galladay back this week. He had production from his skill players for the first time this season, like serious production. And he pulled out a win, a close win against a very good team. Matt Patricia managed the clock well. I was impressed with the Lions this week. Um, I I say that they're slept on, but I was kind of sleeping on them in my prediction articles this year. I don't, I don't have too much faith in them in or in their ability to win games, but I think that they have an underrated core and they'll be a decent team, maybe a playoff contender within the next two years. For the loser this week, this may come as a shock to many, but I'm going to have to go with Dak Prescott. Him, him, what? what? Wow! Despite the despite <laughs> the way that he played, it has nothing to do with the way that he played because he absolutely carried the Cowboys. I'm calling him a loser this week because he had to carry the Cowboys because Ezekiel Elliott played like garbage. He was so bad. He had like three drops in the game, and all of them were on easy, wide open checkdowns. So passes that he always hauls in. He wasn't able to get anything going on the ground the entire game. And the Seahawks don't even have that great of a front four. Like, I, I think since JV, uh, Jadavion Clowney's departure, I could name maybe one person on their defensive line. They have a good linebacker, linebacking core, but their defense was decimated with injuries, and he still wasn't able to do anything on the ground. And I think that if Ezekiel Elliott produces – even to 50% of what he normally does, the Cowboys win that game. Uh, so I, I'm going to call Dak Prescott a loser because he did everything he could and it still wasn't enough for the Cowboys this week. Mm. To be fair, I also did predict the Seahawks to win this week. So that, or this past week. So that ended up being a dub for me. So speaking of last week, our picks, Jordan, Pat, and I all went eight for 16. 50% ain't Respect. too bad. Respect. But, like, it's the one of the worst showings that any of us have had this season. Easily Jordan's worst showing of the season so far. Yeah. And Anthony did even worse. How do you do that? For the 7 for 16. So it's probably a good thing that he's not on this week to, <laughs> to have to <laughs> justify the right atrocities. That, that, that's yeah. why he's not here. He was ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> he was so embarrassed. No, but that gives Jordan a two-point lead over... Pat with 31 correct picks. Pat's got 29. Anthony has 28. And I'm one behind with 27. So it's getting closer week by week. And as we jump into it this week, starting off with one of the worst games the NFL has seen in a while, we've got the Drew Locke, Cortland Suttonless Denver Broncos against the Adam Gase-led New York Jets. Mm. Yeah, th- you said it right. This is one of the worst primetime games in recent history, at least. It, it, it would have been obviously a lot better if Drew Locke and Sutton were, even if Drew Locke was healthy. You get Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, two young quarterbacks. It's a decent storyline. Yeah. Now you got now you got Driscoll against I don't know, maybe even Bortles. Who knows? We don't even know what's happening with the Broncos situation. But uh, but yeah, it's a pretty bad game here. Um, Adam Gase's his job is on the line and his and his integrity, honestly, to the game of football. Um, if he loses this one, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Broncos here. Um, 
I think uh, Melvin Gordon, and I th- I'm assuming Philip Lindsay's going to be back this week. I think that'll be enough on the ground for them to uh, have so. some de- decent offense. And, uh, you know, they still have a decent, they still got Jerry Judy there. They still got Noah Font. They still have decent pieces that Dr- Driscoll or Bortles is able to throw to. Um, so it's not like Sutton kind of puts them in a really tough situation. Um, and the Jets' defense is an absolute just mess. Their offense, I like Sam Darnold, man, but Gase coaches so poorly that he hurts that team all around. So until Gase is gone, I- I'm going to be picking the-, the opponent of the Jets every single week. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jordan summed it up. <laughs> the Jets are just, like, so <laughs> pathetic and bad and terrible that if you don't pick the Broncos, you're really just a meathead. Yeah. So I don't really think I have to go too much into <laughs> it. Like bean. The Jets, <laughs> yeah, off of Bean. The Jets suck, and until they don't, like, suck, until until they do something about it, until they fire Adam Gase, until they actually make some moves and get Sam Darnold some help, I'm going to pick against them every single week. Yep. That's all there is to be said about it. Yeah, it, I, I agree. I've got Denver this week. Even with the injuries that they've got across the board, I think it's so hard to pick the Jets, no matter who they're playing. Yep. So I've got Denver this week. A pretty easy pick. Next game up, starting off the 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon games, we've got the Indianapolis Colts at the Chicago Bears, who are 3-0. and Tell me who saw that coming. Yeah, and if the season had ended <laughs> today, there, I, I believe the Bears would technically... Yeah, they have the tiebreaker over the Packers for some odd reason. Yeah, so, so the, yeah, you're right, though. Who, whoever, no one predicted the Bears, you know, being up here. One of the interesting things is, you know, Nick Foles comes and just... Classic Nick Foles leads them come back against the Falcons. Trubisky gets sat. Kind of what a lot of people were. I don't think Bears fans were were expecting, but I think a lot of the NFL was kind of thinking like, why is Foles, you know, not playing? Um, this this could be an interesting game. I think it's going to be close, honestly. Um, the Colts obliterated the Jets last week, so I, the, you can't really use last week for the Colts because it's like they did what they ex, you know expected to do. But. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. The Bears' offense with Allen Robinson and David Montgomery with Nick Foles should, you know, produce at least decently. And we saw that in their comeback against the Falcons. So I'm going to actually pick the Bears here. Um, but I think it's going to be a down-to-the-wire game, honestly, just like Atlanta. Um, not in the sense that they're going to have to come back, but in the sense that this final score will be close. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Jordan there. I think um, I only got three words, big dick Nick. <laughs> the Bears, the Bears actually, you know, they've been good this year. Like, obviously, they start three and zero. Obviously, they've been doing something right. But yeah. I feel like I'm more confident about Nick Foles' ability to um, at least like manage this game. I'm not expecting him to throw for three touchdowns every game, obviously. But I don't think he's going to have a Mitch Trubisky game and go like 18 for 40 or something like that. I think that he'll be able to manage the game, put them in position to win along with the help of the defense. And I think, conversely, that Phillip Rivers is probably going to shit his pants again, which I think Graham's probably going to be with me on that one. Uh, I don't really think that Phillip Rivers and Jonathan Taylor and um, T.Y. Hilton, blah, 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 I don't really think they're going to get much going against this um, Bears defense. They've been pretty stout this year. Their opponents have been great. So I'm going to pick the Bears. I think it could be a close one, but it could also get ugly if – Philip mm-hmm. Rivers has one of those games that we all know that he has a couple yeah. of them every time. I mean, every couple of weeks per year. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see. I'll go with the Bears. I think this game has the potential to get ugly one way or the other because uh, uh, on one hand, Philip Rivers could just be garbage and throw 500 pick sixes 
But on the other hand, Nick Foles could do the same thing. And it, each team is so boom or bust on offense that it's so hard to be secure in your pick one way or the other. But what would this podcast be if I wasn't shitting on Philip Rivers? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I don't know who expected me to be wearing a Chicago Bears jersey and pick for the Colts this week. So <laughs> I'll make it my lock of the week. The Bears are winning. Mm. I think as Pat- Patriots fans, we've all learned uh, never pick against Nick Foles. Yeah. So. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Okay, wait. So I've got a hot take on that. I think I may have mentioned it earlier, but it's been a while since I've mentioned it, if I ever have. So real quick, quick thoughts before we go into the next game. I would have sacrificed the Super Bowl 51 win if we had won Super Bowl 52. Ooh. Because that's, that's I think, point. I I think that I think that the Super Bowl 52 team was the most complete team that we've ever had. We had a healthy backfield. We had a healthy Julian Edelman, a healthy Rob Gronkowski. We had no, one we of the have, better. Year we didn't have Edelman. Are you sure? Mm, against the Eagles, yeah. Okay. Remember you towards well, the Eagles? Maybe not. But I think that it was the most I think that, that was the most yeah. complete team that we've had since the undefeated season. And I think that was the year that uh, we, beat, we beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. That year, right? Yeah. Or was that was no, that, that, was against that, was against that was against the Rams? That was against the Rams. Yeah. Titans of the Jaguars or Jaguars, right? It was the Jags. Yeah. That Jaguars. AFC Championship was, game was great. That was a great like, game it, too. Yeah, exactly. So I think the storyline of us winning that game would have been way better than the Super Bowl Fifty One win, despite the comeback. If you take if you if you take it the win at face value, not counting in twenty eight to three, I, I I think that I would much rather. And you count the fact that we would have back to back with fifty two and fifty three. I would have rather had that. To be, yes, to I think completely honest. I think that, like, given the way that fifty-one was going before the comeback started, I think that the the loss that that would have been would have been less painful than losing fifty-two the way that you yeah. did. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah, not I to guess, mention, not yeah. to mention Matt Ryan being the MVP. So it would have it would have lessened the blow a bit in terms of what type of response Patriots fans got because now you've got the the weight of Nick Foles coming in, filling in for Carson Wentz, and then beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, compared mm-hmm. to maybe MVP Matt Ryan having the best season of his career, you know, in that, you know, ridiculous Falcons offense, yeah, um, that year, you know, beating the Patriots up. So I think I think Graham's right in that sense. It's tough because to try to try to take the comeback out of it is like a little bit hard because like it's still in your mind, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, back to back to to end Brady's uh. Well, I guess he wouldn't end it because he would have still lost the Titans. But I, I, I agree that the back-to-back would have looked nice. And the way that that Eagles game ended is, you know, that's horrible. One of the most heartbreaking the losses Falcons ever. Falcons might have been a might have been a dynasty if they didn't lose fifty-one. Maybe they would have actually continued mm-hmm. to be one of the greatest offenses ever, and not just. True. They probably wouldn't have. They probably wouldn't be zero and three right now if they didn't lose that game. <laughs> Correct. Speaking yeah. of teams that are just barely not. Well, barely. Well, 0-3 teams. We can go into 0-3 teams. Minnesota Vikings and Houston Texans. Both of them 0-3. A toilet bowl. Exactly. Seeking to avoid 0-4. I would just like to say, number one, I knew the Texans would be this bad this year. People thought that they were going to be all right. I, I was having none of it. I thought they were going to be horrible from the jump. And then the Vikings, I thought that they would be okay, but this is 
Mm. Like my expectations Terrible. were low, but holy fuck, like yeah, they're horrible. Hey, and to go off of that, these are both two teams that severe. Well, I would say in general, I know you just said that the Texans you didn't think were going to be that good, but in general, the NFL, you know, analysts and, and they've been good for a while. Yeah, definitely expected more from both of these teams. I would say yeah. did not start zero and three. I don't think anyone. I mean, I guess you could maybe see the say the Texans because they had a tough start to this to the season. The Vikings in general, you could have. There were people that had them going three and zero. You know what I mean? So uh, this is a bit of a tough. I think this could be a good game. It's one of the games where you think zero and three, zero and three. Like what? It's not going to be good. But there's a lot of talent on both sides, uh, especially Justin Jefferson kind of appearing out of nowhere last week to go off and kind of pull like a vintage Stefan Diggs. Um I think I'm gonna stick with the Vikings here. I agree with Graham. The 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 Texans just look I don't I think Watson is still an elite quarterback, but their offense with David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, it's just not it's just not enough for me to 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 pick them against the Vikings, who I think are going to win a lot of games just scoring a shit ton of points. Because they're Viking the defense on the Viking side is looking very bad right now and i think that they're able going to be able to win nearly every one of their games i think will be them just outscoring by their opponent by one or two in like a very high scoring game because that three-headed monster of cousins cook and thielen can still put up a lot of points and if you add jefferson into the mix you know i think that they're going to be able to beat teams eventually and the texans don't scare me on defense so i'm gonna go with the vikings yeah i gotta agree with jordan there this is it's kind of weird i think seeing that the tight, I mean, uh, the Vikings are relying on their offense now because they've been a team for the past better half of like the later, mm-hmm. the better half, past like half the later decade. half of the decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've been a defensive minded team. You know, that's kind of Mike Zimmer's forte. Um, yeah. And to see them transition into an offensive team relying on Kirk Cousins, who's not the most consistent quarterback, is kind of <laughs> tough. Um, yeah. But at the same time, on the other side of the ball, across the sideline, the Texans just look terrible. Like, I don't think Deshaun Watson's thrown for 300 yards yet. He's played some good defenses, but he yeah. can't get anything going. And when you have Will Fuller and Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills and um, Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Cooks, I almost forgot his name because he doesn't do yeah. anything anymore. <laughs> when you have those, when you have those guys, and that might be like the most injury-prone receiving corp maybe ever. They're not going to get a lot going, and their lead back, I think, is Duke Johnson Jr., who like David Johnson. David Johnson. David Johnson. I forgot about David. I forgot about David Johnson too. He didn't do anything. But I mean, he is. Um, Even still, like behind that O line, behind that struggling offense, like everything going on with that team. You know, this past off season was very tumultuous for them. Trading DeAndre Hopkins. There's speculation of a lot of um, inner conflict going on there. I think they're just a mess on and off the field. So I think the Vikings are going to win this game. It's going to be hard fought. I think they're going to really play their heart out. But the Vikings should. Just take it based on talent alone. The Texans really shouldn't be able to compete with them at all. So Vikings by yeah. two scores probably. I don't like how much we're agreeing on this episode, but <laughs> it's it's so hard because yeah. the Vikings are somehow the underdog in this game. So wow. I'm going to make them my upset of the week because I think there's no way the Texans can pull this out. The, they just can't hang with the Vikings offense when it's clicking. Now, if the Vikings have another game like they did against Indianapolis, where they put up 11 points, then maybe, but I don't see it happening. I think that the Vikings have got this one in the bag. 
moving onward to a game that may have a little bit more disparity. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I think this will definitely have disparity in it. Um, th- the Jags disappointed all of us when we when they just right. shit the bet on Thursday. We that was a sweep right there. And last week we were kind of yeah. talking, honestly talking the same way we're talking about uh, this Thursday night game. Like, how can you pick against pick with the Jets? How can you pick with the Dolphins? Meanwhile, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and toasts the Jags defense. <laughs> but this this is a interesting matchup because you've got Jacksonville coming off a pretty bad loss. Minshew didn't look too good at all. Look poor, honestly. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's still continuing to grow, but his offensive line is getting him whacked. I don't know if anyone yeah. saw the Malik Jackson hit, but oh, I did. Yeah, he he's struggling back there. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Bengals this week. Um, unfortunately, it's on. I thought they were maybe gonna be the underdog, but they aren't. So it's not gonna be my upset of the week. But uh, I think uh, t- Tyler Boyd last week showed his connection with Joe Burrow. AJ Green's still. I think still fine, you know, getting his feet wet because he hasn't been mm-hmm. around. Give him time. You know? Yeah, exactly. And Tyler Boyd stepped up well. He had a 100-plus yard uh, week. And Joe Mixon still got the talent. People can say what they want about how he hasn't looked good, but he's he still has elite talent in the league. I mean, he's still a top-tier running back. So I'd like to think he eventually finds his way. Um, and it may be against uh, this week against Jacksonville. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bengals too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God. it's hard. It's hard to like. I mean, you could you could make an argument for both teams. I shouldn't say yeah. it's hard. I'm kind of like, I came back down to earth from the Minshew mania um, last week after they lost to uh, <laughs> the Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And oddly enough, I think this is a game that has potential to be a shootout just because both defenses really aren't that good, even though these are two of the more like lackluster offenses in the league. Um, I mean, I guess numbers wise they're not, but like, I mean, you know, teams wise, they're really not up there. So I just think the Bengals are going to be able to put more together because, um, the Jaguars really don't have anything on the defensive side of the ball to stop the pass or the run game. So if the Bengals can get Joe Mixon going, uh, and then start passing the ball, the Jaguars really won't have anything to counter that. And I think... The Bengals might be able to get a couple turnovers. Minshew was kind of sloppy last week against a Miami defense that is like, you know, it's it's okay, but it's it's yeah, in the yeah. mid-tier, I'd say. It's in like the 10 to 20 range, but I don't think Minshew is going to come back and have like a four-touchdown, 300-yard game. I just think he's going to get outplayed by Joe Burrow, so I'm picking the Bengals. I think it should be pretty easy, too. I think that, first of all, let me just preface this by saying that I had originally picked Cincinnati, but... I can't let it happen. I can't let us all agree on the first uh, on the first four games. And so I, this was an okay one for me to switch up on because I had picked the Jaguars against the spread in the first place, which is Cincinnati minus three and a half. So I'll just go ahead and say that Jacksonville will win outright because, number one, if we look at the Cincinnati Bengals last couple of games, when they play a good running back, they just – can't do anything about it. Like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb ran all over them two weeks ago on Thursday night. And, Jerome and James Robinson, yeah, James. he he went crazy last week, and I he should be able to replicate it. And then I think if Gardner Minshew can become a game manager and throw when he has to, he can do that. Like when he went 19 for 20 the other week, he he can he can be a game manager if he's put in that. Uh, 
position. So I think I thought this game would be close in the first place. But for the sake of argument, I'll pick Jacksonville. But like you guys both said, there's an argument to be made for both teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then moving on, this one might not be as we might be back to the agreement with this one. We've got Cleveland at Dallas. This would be a pretty good game, to be honest with you. But has potential. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It definitely should be. I mean, Cleveland has surprised me. I know that they're um, not me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's true. Um, Graham has been very high on Cleveland. But and I and they were very high. You like everyone was high on them last year, generally. Yeah, and then that Chubb Hunt two-headed monster this year has looked fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. Landry, OBJ, obviously, there's a lot of talent there. Their defense is holding up to an extent. and Baker still has a lot of kinks to work out, honestly. He, he missed OBJ on, yeah. on, like, a deep route last week, and OBJ kind of had to play defense and knock it out of the defense. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. So, like, that can't happen if they really want to compete in the AFC because, you know, you've got teams like Chiefs, Ravens, even the Patriots, who just are just going to capitalize on that stuff. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they've looked good. And like you said, Graham, this should be a decent game. Dallas has obviously looked good as well. They're coming off, unfortunately, a loss against, you know, the Seahawks where they – it was a down to the wire, great game, but yeah. um, I, I think I think I'm gonna stick with the same notion that I said last week. It's hard to pick against Dallas when they're facing a, you know, a, a, a sub par team. I would call Cleveland maybe average, a little bit above average, but Dallas has so much talent. You don't expect Zeke to have a poor week like like Graham had mentioned um, before the podcast. We were talking about it. He had a pretty bad week. You don't expect him to repeat that. And the receiving core is just, you know, just top top uh, cream of the crop just top of the uh nfl in terms of talent so uh i'm gonna go dallas um by a couple touchdowns yeah i'm gonna agree with you jordan um this isn't really a knock on cleveland i think it's more like they're kind of expected to lose this game i feel like obviously they're they're not the cowboys are favored but um cleveland's positive in terms of their record for the first time since like I don't know when. It's been like a very long time. Like years, forever, yeah. Basically, forever. And um, the Cowboys took a hard loss last week to Seattle last second. So they're going to come out this week and obviously come out firing. They're going to be pissed off and everything. So the Cowboys are probably going to lay it on them offensively. And I don't think uh, the Browns are going to be able to keep up without making a couple mistakes along the way, especially um, in terms of Baker Mayfield. Their run game is outstanding. It's best in the league. But you're going to have to pass to keep up with the Cowboys offense. And I don't right. trust Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't point. think he has a connection. He really doesn't have a good connection with OBJ. Uh, despite surprising. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how you really can. <laughs> if Eli Manning could have one, I don't know how you can't have one. But, uh, yeah, they really just don't have a good report. So I don't trust that offense completely yet in terms of passing. So I got to go with the Cowboys here. I would just like to say, for the fact that Jordan has – ridiculed me for being so high on the Cowboys this season. It's tough talk coming from someone who's picked the Cowboys in four straight weeks. So <laughs> let me let that's me be all, clear. that's all I'm saying on that. Let me be clear. I think the Cowboys are the definition of a regular season team. So I could pick the Cowboys in every single game, but I still won't pick them in the divisional round. In the playoff game. Yeah, so I fair. think here's my thing. It's hard to pick against that amount of talent against uh teams like the Browns, really. like yeah, and I and I, you, you're right. I picked them against the Seahawks last week, um, but Dak Prescott has one game. Yeah, Prescott has proven me wrong. I was someone who thought Wentz was better than Prescott before the season started. That question's been answered. So um, <laughs> I did too. I did too. So Prescott has proven me wrong, and that's completely flipped my my stance on the Cowboys. I mean, 
I, I still don't know how well they'll do in the playoffs because every year people think they're going to do well and they don't, you know, end up getting to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think, uh, first of all, let me say, go ahead and say, I think Dallas will win this game pretty handily. I think that it'll be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, there's a chance that Dallas loses this game because Dak hasn't shown that he can win a shootout very frequently. Uh, it happened last week, and it happened against the Falcons. They did win that game, but that was more of a product of the Falcons horribly managing that game. Uh, yeah. We've already gone into that. We've heard but, that before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we'll hear about it again in a little bit. But uh, I think that there's a chance that Cleveland can just straight up outscore uh, just because they have that ability to do that on any given night if they want to. They just haven't wanted to so far. But I am not – my predictions for Dallas in the regular season have taken a little bit of a hit simply because of the injuries that they sustained on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how they're going to be able to fare against some teams in the heart of their schedule with the lineup that they have right now that being said i think that with their linebacking group being healthy again come playoff time i think that they still have the potential to make a run because right now the losses of van der esch and sean lee hurt pretty freaking bad but they should be good to go by playoff time so i'm not worried in terms of that yet but they might not go 13 and 3 like i had said they would so that being said, going on to another team that has potential to disappoint, the one and two New Orleans Saints at the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I had the Saints making the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think there's still people still need to the jury's still out on them, considering Michael Thomas hasn't played yeah. the past couple of games. So I mean that's pretty significant. Um, but yeah, Drew Brees got out. Outshot by Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night. Um, there's Nobody question marks. Yeah, there's question marks around whether he is still Drew Brees, and um, that's definitely detrimental to them if he's just an average quarterback. Um, are they still a decent team? And the, they still an above-average team in the NFL? Yes, because they still got Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best running backs in the league, and then Michael Thomas coming back, one of the best receivers. But um, that being said, I'm still going to pick New Orleans this week. I think this could be one of the upsets if if you're going to pick one because like mm-hmm. you know we talked about at the beginning Matthew Stafford you know had a pretty good game last week beating the Cardinals but it's again I think I think New Orleans this is kind of a do or die situation for New Orleans right here this is a game where you're expected to win you're one and two you can't go to one and three get back to 500 get Michael Thomas back and then start over so I, and I can't see Drew Brees and Sean Payton losing this game so I'm going to go with New Orleans yeah, I'm gonna go with you too, Jordan. Um, Jordan, <laughs> I think. Damn. <laughs> um, there, I, there'll be a game. There'll be a game we we disagree on. I guarantee it. It's actually, will there though? There will I be. I'm, I don't know. I'm not high on the Saints at all, and I like the Lions, so I might flip flop. But to talk about this game a little bit, obviously the Saints. I don't really fault them for losing last week because Green Bay, I think, is just has them outmatched uh, generally, even though they're both without their number one receivers and Adams for Green Bay and Thomas yeah. for New Orleans. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, obviously, the Saints have Alvin Kamara, who solidified himself as a top three back, I think, in football with his yep. performance this past week. Um, he's just incredible. That touchdown run he had, like that 50-yard pass, <laughs> was ridiculous. But yep. that being said, um, the Saints team does not look good on the defensive side of the ball at all. They put up 30 points in two straight weeks, um, and they went up 24 to, in week one to the Buccaneers who weren't really performing well at all. 
at the time. And the Lions, I think, are kind of finding their groove offensively. They just took down the Cardinals, who, granted, Kyler Murray had, like, a mistake-riddled game. He threw three picks. I think he yeah. there was a fumble somewhere in there with somebody. Um, but now they have Kenny Galladay back. You know, I think their offense is going to be clicking a little bit more. But that, all that being said, I think that the Saints are just a better team overall than the Lions. Um, so I got to go with the Saints. Hopefully Drew Brees can actually prove me wrong in saying that he's washed up and have a good performance. Uh, but if they lose this game, I think, I think they're done. I think it's wraps. Graham, before you go, I just want to jump in. And you made a good point, Pat, because you said that Aaron Rodgers, and I kind of forgot to mention this, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams, he was able to go to Lazard and, and mm-hmm. kind of find that connection. That's something mm-hmm. Drew Brees hasn't done yet with one of his receivers. Right. So well, it's like, okay, so I was about to touch on that when I talked about this game. And last week, I picked the Packers because – I said that the Saints were scared to feed Alvin Kamara, and they were not scared to feed him at all this week or this past week. So I, I don't fault Drew Brees for not trying to make connections with his receivers because he has one of the best all-around backs in the game at his disposal. So I can't really fault him for not trying to go to, what, Tommy Lee Lewis or whoever the hell he's got over there, Emmanuel Sanders. I can't really yeah. fault him for not trying to go Trey to them Quan because Smith. he has Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Traquan Smith. But yeah. but you would admit you would agree that the lack of a passing game and Sunday night lost in that game. Oh, well, I will say another thing though. I, I think I think that what lost in that game towards the end was they gave the ball to Taysom Hill and he, he essentially fumbled the game away. He gave the pass. Yeah, that was stupid. Down the score. Yeah. If he didn't yeah. fumble really could have gone the other way. So, I mean, you can yeah. point that out in every game and say it comes down to one play, but yeah. to fault Drew Brees entirely is kind of... Uh, yeah, and, and I, I should true. I should correct myself. I mean, Drew Brees had a very good night. He threw for three he touchdowns. Did. The only thing I would say is that I think the downfield game mm-hmm. hasn't always been a strength of his, but I think in general right now, we are looking for, like, um, anyone other than Alvin Kamara. Like, if you just push mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara to the side, which is hard to do, obviously, but there really hasn't been... Um, Jared Cook hasn't impressed at all. Emmanuel Sanders was kind of expected to come in and like, like do pretty. I mean, not fill Michael Thomas's shoes, but like be the do top something. target for for Drew Brees. Yeah. And he's still kind of going down to those checkdowns for Kamara, which isn't a bad thing. But it can also come back to bite you, you know, later on in the season. Mm-hmm. And I I agree with all of that. And to be honest, I can't really fault the Saints for that loss too terribly much because the Packers look incredible. And they hung tight with them for the entire game. So yeah. the Saints, in my mind, are still one of the top teams in the NFC. They just had a couple of losses. They're one of the top teams in the league, in my opinion. Still, I'd say top six, maybe, maybe a little bit lower, but that's up for debate. Top ten. Yeah, definitely top ten. I'm going to take them again this week simply because I don't think the Lions match up on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think they have anybody who can tackle Alvin Kamara in open space, and it's, I'm not sure. Uh, when Michael Thomas is coming back, but Jeff Okuda has not looked particularly great this season, and I don't, I don't, <laughs> he got torched by Devontae Adams multiple yeah. times, uh, and obviously the Saints don't have anybody. Got a pick last week, Michael though. Thomas. Yeah, he did. He did. I'll give him that. But Kyler Murray also was not playing his best game. So all of that being said, this has the potential to be a close game if the Saints keep underperforming like they have so far. But I'm gonna pick them again this week this one should have a little bit of contest if you can put it that way in our predictions we've got the 3-0 Pittsburgh Steelers at the 3-0 Tennessee Titans if if this game actually ends up getting played yeah that's a big if considering we don't know yeah we don't know um I'm looking on this is 
candid, but I'm looking on Bovada to make sure if who I'm picking for underdogs and shit. But they took the game off of Vegas. Completely took the game off of. Uh, really? Yeah, I saw that earlier on Twitter. I guess they took both of the uh, the Steelers and Titans game off of uh, just because they don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, I'm ass- I don't know who. I'm assuming the Titans are favored. No, the Titans are one and a half point dogs at home. Hmm. Okay. So they are. So Steelers are underdogs. No, the the Steelers are favored by a point Steelers and a half. On the road. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. So the, yeah, okay. So the, but like you said, this this is going to be a this could have some disparity to it. I'm on the Steelers bandwagon. <laughs> I was on it um, a couple weeks ago when I when I locked them in um, against the Broncos, and I think again they they prove their worth. I think Roethlisberger proves that he's not done yet. Um, Deontay Johnson's still a question mark. He got a concussion. He he got out. He was eliminated from the game with a concussion. So I'm not sure if he's back next week. But I think Juju can hold his own. Um, and their run game, James Conner starting to step up again. So uh, they've got they still got that trio that you look for in in great NFL teams. Uh, kind of like a poor man's AB Roethlisberger Bell, but it, it's working decently. So I'm gonna go with uh, go with the Steelers. And I and I've said before I'm not too high on the Titans. So I'm not gonna be picking the Titans a lot this season. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Surprise, surprise, I'm going to go with Jordan and I'm going to pick the Steelers. Uh, I think that the Steelers are going to kind of carve up this Titans secondary. Um, their passing attack, I think, has gotten better week by week. Big Ben's getting more comfortable. Um, a couple weeks ago, he said he felt like he was in a car crash. Yesterday, it was like he was falling off a bike. So he's getting better. And <laughs> the, run, the run game's been all right. The passing game's been, I think, you know, like I said, it's getting better. I don't think the Titans really have the weapons in the secondary to slow that down. On the other side of the ball for Pittsburgh, uh, their run defense has been amazing. Like yesterday, um, no, two days ago, um, I'm drawing a blank completely on who they played, but they absolutely shut down the run game, and that's after holding Saquon Barkley to five yards on 16 carries. Play the Texans, yeah, they shut down David Johnson. Um, And so if they can just shut down Derrick Henry, like at least – to some degree, he's obviously going to yeah. get the ball a lot. The Titans are still going to feed him. Uh, I think their secondary can hold up against Ryan Tannehill. I'm not really a big believer in Ryan Tannehill at all. Never <laughs> have been. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to lead them to victory over this uh, light version of the Steel Curtain. Not at all a Steel Curtain, but it's it's like a very, very, very baby version. It's like the great value brand that they have at Stop and Shop. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think they're just on both sides of the ball. I think they're just better. Uh I think they're starting to click. I think they're dangerous in the AFC. Uh, yeah, I think the Steelers are going to cover. I think they're going to win. I don't think the Steelers, Steelers are dangerous at all. Mm. Think about who they played so far this season. They played the New York Giants, the Houston Texans, and the Denver Broncos, who are a combined 1-8. and eight. So, like, you can't really say too much about what they've done. And they... I'm not impressed with Big Ben because the teams that he's played have not very strong secondaries. Say for the Denver Broncos, but they won that game in a pretty low-scoring affair. So, like, Ben Roethlisberger has done about what I expected him to do in terms of his individual performance. They squeaked out a couple wins that I didn't expect them to do. They expect them to come away with. But I think that, first of all, fuck Malcolm Butler. Uh, he's trash, but... <laughs> <laughs> the Titans have a decent safety tandem, as I mentioned last week or a couple weeks ago. I can't particularly remember. 
But I trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't I don't see where you're coming from with that, Pat. I think that uh save for the Monday night game against Denver week one, he's played really well. It's given that <laughs> given given the fact that the Vikings and uh the Jags don't have the best defenses in the world, but he's put up thirty points in the past two weeks. So I don't I don't I see where you can put really up eighteen of those points last week though. He's still okay. Okay, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. But their offense is putting up. Points. He still threw for 300 yards, so I'll give it to him. Yeah, exactly. So, and he doesn't have Derrick Henry. I think we can all yeah, true that. And I think we can all agree Derrick Henry is not playing his best football, and he still still is leading the league in rushing. Wait, over wait till November comes. Nobody's gonna want to play the Titans. <laughs> exactly. He's averaging over a hundred yards a game, and he's not even playing that well. So. I think you've got to go with Tennessee here. That, that's my pick. And then, Little does Graham know that Jordan and I texted before those two agree on every single pick. <laughs> well, if we do. If we do, I'll be surprised. I'll say that. There's no way Jordan can pull ahead this week. I'm honestly not going to be surprised if you guys agree on every game this week. Simply, simply because... No, simply because these games are so painfully easy to pick, in no, my opinion. My, up, my upset... Yeah, I still have not picked my up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, That's fair. Well, I don't think it's coming with this one. You've got the Seattle Seahawks at the Miami Dolphins. This conversation to should oh, take I'm as, as Jordan Smurfs. This conversation should take about all of forty-five seconds. Yeah, I literally have nothing to say on this game. I mean, if you, you, there's no one in their right mind picks Miami any week, honestly, but yeah. specifically this week against the best team in the NFL at this point, Russell Wilson's looking unstoppable. Even without Chris Carson, they're going to run him over. You can pick them by 17, 21, 28. I don't care. They're winning the game. Remember the Miami Massacre last year the Patriots had? I think it's going to be worse. <laughs> mm. Who's, who's yeah. going to stop DK Metcalf? That's fair. Like, yeah. Well, himself, not, not running into the end zone. If couldn't stop him, then no one's going to stop him. And they also have Tyler Lockett, who was on Stafford and Matthews this week. If you listen to it, check it out. Um, so, very excited. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, Dolphins are going to get destroyed. Like, I don't even want to watch. It's going to be ugly to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to watch it because I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team. Oh, lucky so. you. Well, you're, you're, oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Reaping the okay. rewards. So, I know that nobody cares about my fantasy team, but I'm going to talk about it anyway because I went into Monday Night Football this past week up by 19 points, and all he had left was Marquise Brown, and I was sweating because I thought that the Ravens were about to go off. And then Marquise Brown did nothing. And I won. <laughs> three, three, three points, didn't he? Yeah, 3.3. Jack shit. Yep. Nothing. Meanwhile, three and oh, my fantasy team is 0-3 because Mark mm. Ingram sucks. Clyde edwards <laughs> just didn't get me enough points. I'm not happy about it, but go ahead, Graham. I'm sorry. All right, that's tough. Uh, all I have to say on that, just be good. Los Angeles Chargers at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one should also not take very long. But Justin Herbert, I mean. Oh, uh, I see Jordan Robin. Jordan's going to pick this as an upset, isn't he? Oh, God. All right, go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> Pat is correct. This is why uh, I was saying that. I don't oh! think that, uh, that we're going to agree on everything. I have to, we have to have some disparity here. And this was a game I was looking at. I'm, thinking, I'm looking through, I'm thinking, what, which game should I pick as the upset? This is a game I think Justin Herbert can come in and prove that he is a rising quarterback in this league, defeat the reigning GOAT, and just 
prove himself in this tough matchup against the, the Buccaneers. Now, am I, am I, am what I put my house on it? No. Would I put $10 on it? No, but, <laughs> but there is a, I think there is a significant chance that the Chargers come in and beat the Buccaneers. One, Chris Godwin with his hamstring, he's questionable for next week. So if he does, if he, especially if he doesn't play limits, their passing attack considerably. Yeah. Um, the Chargers defense is still, we say it every single week. I feel like it's no, is no joke. And Tom Brady against a tough defense this early on in the season, I think can, can be a recipe for disaster. And not to mention, I think that the running game of the Buccaneers is the fakest running game in the entire league. People expecting Fournette to come in from coming off his hot week and push 100 yards again. He gets like seven carries and doesn't do anything. Ronald Jones has been a joke for a while. They don't have a running game. I think without Chris Godwin being there, they, they their passing game is limited. And I think that the 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 Chargers running a rushing attack with Kelly and Eckler um, is going to be able to dismantle that front seven of the Buccaneers. Now I know it's kind of out of the bag, and like I'm going to get clowned for it if they, especially if the Buccaneers blow them out. But I think that the Chargers' offense is severely underrated, and that they are going to be able to compete with the Buccaneers because that defense can also hold their own and stop Tom Brady to an extent. So I'm going to go Chargers. It's going to be a close one. It could be a game-winning field goal, but that's my upset of the week. Wow! Wow! Wow, bro, that's crazy. That- Jordan's like almost winning me over. I can see what he's saying. That being said, I'm still going to pick the Buccaneers. Uh, I think if they can perform well enough against the Broncos defense in Denver, they can perform against this Chargers defense um, at home. I would I, say, I would make the argument, though, that I think the Chargers defense – but with the Broncos injuries, I think the Chargers defense I, is better. I'd agree, but I think um, I think it's like kind of close. Like it, is, it is pretty close. Um, I would say that. But I, I'd also say that um, the Buccaneers offense, I think, is just going to get better and better as the weeks go on. Uh, this week, I think, was their best week thus far. And despite, I think, Chris Godwin probably going to be out this week, which kills my 0-3 fantasy team even more, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just still going to be able to outplay uh, the Chargers. Justin Herbert's young. He's played well so far. He's put up yards. Um, he's coming off a loss to the Panthers. I just don't think that they'll be able to uh, keep up with Brady in this offense that I think is really going to get its wheels. Uh I want to give the Chargers credit. I think they're a good young team. They have a great defense. I love Justin Herbert. I think he has really great potential, but I don't really see them being able to take down um, an experienced team with a bunch of veterans uh, like the Buccaneers. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. So here, here's why I think that you're out of your mind, Jordan. I think, first of <laughs> I all, Ronald Jones, no, Ronald Jones hasn't <laughs> been that bad. He averaged over four yards a carry this past week, which – in an offense that went to turn to an air raid, like Brady had three hundred, almost three hundred yards. He had two ninety seven this past week. I don't think you can really fault him too much for that. Also, you're saying that you think that uh, you think that the Chargers will be able to come in and rip up the Broncos front seven, or not the Broncos, the Buccaneers front seven on in the run game. Number one, the Buccaneers have one of the best front sevens in the entire league. One I, of the I, best defenses. I agree. Yeah. I, I think, I think their, their lack of their secondary is highly questionable. Not to go all uh-huh. Dan Levitard on you, but yeah. highly questionable. Um, but their run defense, particularly, is very, very stout. The only Broncos player this past week that had over four yards per carry was Jeff Driscoll. 
and a baby. So <laughs> that tells you about all you need to know. Melvin Gordon yeah. had eight carries, only 26 yards. Good job, Pat. Uh, so <laughs> Damn it, I hope you didn't see that. So I, you have to go with Tampa Bay. I think that they're getting, like Pat said, they're getting better week by week, and I don't know how you can pick against them. Speaking of teams that I thought you couldn't pick against them, Baltimore Ravens did not play too well this past week. Mm. They were my lock, and that did not turn out too well. Uh, but they've got a potential for a rebound this week against the Washington football team. Mm. Yeah, I think that rebound is almost guaranteed. I, I don't see like you look. We saw we we all now people are starting to question the Ravens' defense, which I can understand because you expect them to play fairly well against an elite quarterback. But we also have to understand that's the best quarterback in the league by far. And to really to, to question the Ravens defense in a sense of like what well, Dwayne far, ha- Patrick Mahomes, I think I think yeah, he's established far. himself as the be- as the best quarterback. No, he, uh, okay, it, maybe he and Russ are close. It, yeah, Russ, you can. I think but, I think you can definitely okay. say that. Um, but I think uh, to question whether like Dwayne Haskins can outscore <laughs> Lamar Jackson against the it's just ridiculous. Like we can't get into that territory. I don't think you guys are going to get into that territory either. But I've seen it. People saying like, is this Ravens defense fake? Is it not going to be able to compete like last year? I mean, let's be honest. It's one loss against the best team in the AFC. Lamar Jackson's going to bounce back. He's they don't lose back to backs in in Baltimore, and um, I, I'm sure, I think this is kind of a cold water uh, loss for them. Like, look, you have another team that can beat you, um, and that's going to compete with you to the end. But yeah, the, it's Lamar's going to win, and, and I think he comes back with a great game. Yeah, I mean, if you pick Washington in this game, you're off perk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> especially with the fact that um, one of their amazing D linemen, Matt, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. I am not whatever. Ionitis um, just tore his bicep, so he's out for the season. Mm. Dwayne Haskins is like just not good. Like yeah. this is this is such a wash of a game. It's obviously going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say. Lamar Jackson's probably going to have a great day. Uh, yeah. This is just a big morale boost, I think, for them. They're going to need it. They're not going to lose mm-hmm. two games in a row, like Jordan said. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But here is what here's why I might keep an eye on this game. Oh my god. No, no, no. I'm picking the Ravens. But I think that there is a chance that the Ravens go up by so much and Dwayne Haskins plays so poorly that the Redskins put in Alex Smith for the first Mm. time since 2018 or whatever it was. And I would love to see that, but there's no way that they win. So it's it's the Ravens. I would like to see that. I feel really – I'm surprised Alex Smith is even still playing. Yeah, Yeah. for real. Arkham. And bef- before we move on quickly, Lance Thomas, the tight end for the Redskins, he's been uh, that's my news, guy right there. At least he's in the fantasy points, Jordan. In the fantasy news, he's been. I have him in another league, and I'm expecting from him too. But he's. I think he's now on pace for somewhere Is it Lance around Thomas or Logan Thomas. Logan. Logan Thomas. Logan Lance was that, yeah, that's my that freaking guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's somewhere <laughs> on pace for like 150, 160 targets this season, and the mm-hmm. guy just cannot get a decent quarterback throwing balls. He's getting targeted like 10 times a game and he's getting like four receptions for like 30 yards. It's sad because Haskins is just overthrowing him and there's like yeah. wasted talent right now. But I thought that was yeah. interesting that you've got a you've got a tight end who's on pace for 150 plus targets this year. Um, probably like and, 
60 receptions. <laughs> yeah, like it's insane. How bad, it's, yeah. it's crazy. But yeah, that's I just wanted to leave it at that. Logan Thomas has one of the best stories in the NFL because he was a above average quarterback at Virginia Tech, which is why he's my guy because I've always been a Hokie supporter. Uh, my dad grew up like near there, so uh, family ties. But and then he transitions to become a tight end when he turns when he goes to the NFL. He bounced around a while between Buffalo, Detroit, maybe a couple other teams. Uh, he produced, but not too terribly much. And then now he's found a spot in Washington, and he's doing pretty well. So I like to see him succeed. Uh, one of the, going to Ron Rivera's former team. He's with Washington now. Now you've got the Panthers at home against the Arizona Cardinals coming off a loss. Looking at the spread for this game, to me, it's it really shouldn't be this close, in my opinion. I think. The Cardinals have proven that they're going to be a great team for the rest of the year. Yeah, they had a bad loss last week, but um, the Panthers, you're still, if you're picking the Panthers, you're relying on Teddy Bridgewater and DJ Moore, theoretically. Um, And I just can't push myself to do that until they get CMC back. There's just not many outlets for me to pick the Panthers against any reasonable team. So I don't have much to say on this. I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for Kyler and the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm tempted to choose this as my upset of the week just because they got the win last week against um, a good Chargers team, you know, like a decent Chargers team. Yeah. But I think that um, after their performance last week, the Cardinals are going to be out for blood this week. And um, the Panthers, like Teddy Bridgewater is not going to outduel Kyler Murray. Like, yeah, he didn't outduel Justin Herbert, so he's not going to outduel Kyler Murray. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the Panthers defense really isn't anything to write home about. So the Cardinals should take this one easily, I think, in a great offensive showing. A uh, big bounce-back performance, I think, for Kyler Murray. I agree. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I don't think there's much that can be said about it. The Panthers don't have anybody on defense that can keep up with DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Cook yeah. and Kenyon Drake and Andy Isabella. So the only, the only way that I could see the Panthers maybe pulling off an upset, and actually it's not too far-fetched because the Cardinals' offensive line is – there's no secret about it. They're bad. They're just bad. And the Panthers have one of the most underrated front fours in the NFL. Uh, they they have a pass rush. Uh, you got to give them that much at the very least. So if they can make Kyler get on his back in the in, in the backfield, sack him a couple times, uh, I they have a chance. But I don't see a McCaffrey list Panthers offense being able to take advantage of mm-hmm. Cardinals defense. So I'm going to go with Arizona in this one. Another game that shouldn't be too terribly close is the Giants at the Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams here. I've been pretty high on Goff. Uh, I picked Goff, or I picked the Rams last week to beat the Bills in my upset. Fortunately, that didn't happen, but I did state. <laughs> I told you. I told you I it was going to happen. No, but I did state in, in the middle of the podcast that Goff is going to rip apart that Bills That's defense. Fair. And he did, did rip apart the Bills defense. But, yeah, I, I was incorrect with that. Rams defense couldn't stop Allen from driving down the field the final seconds. But they will be able to stop Daniel Jones from driving more than 10 yards the entire game. So I'm picking the Rams <laughs> to win uh, pretty pretty substantially. Yeah, this is an easy one. I wouldn't have picked the Giants to be within 10 points if they were fully healthy. And <laughs> they're not. So I think it's yeah. just going to be a blowout. Um, the Rams have impressed. They almost made that comeback against uh, Josh Allen and the Bills last week. I picked the Rams. I was kind of upset that they ended up coming up short, but it is what it is. Um, the Giants might be up there for the worst team, or might be down there, I guess, for the worst <laughs> team in football. Uh, MetLife Stadium is yeah. not a good place to be right now. 
Uh, Rams, <laughs> by this week. Rams by a ton. What did you say they're in the yeah. Super Bowl? No, I, <laughs> I said luckily the Giants aren't there this week. They're in, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Rams, if they blow this game, Jared Goff deserves to lose all recognition he's gained over the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> that, that Giants defense is just so bad. It's horrible. Uh, there's yep. no no way on earth that the Rams should lose this game. Yep. We're getting now into the more competitive games, I think you could say. We'll start off with the Buffalo Bills at the Las Vegas Raiders. This is an uh, interesting one because you could almost say these are the two teams that got a, kind of got exposed last week. Josh Allen still had a fantastic game, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And he MVP still showed Darkway. <laughs> and course, he still yeah. showed which why, I, yeah. I'm not surprised. Read my articles. <laughs> why, mm-hmm. jo- yeah, you know, like they just said that Alan saw that dark horse in the MVP race, but they, they it were exposed in the sense that they almost lost a I don't know what the lead was 20 point lead, 14 point lead. They were up by 25, 20 to three. They were up 28 to three. It was yeah, to three. so almost blew a considerable lead to to the to the Rams. So so the sense that the Bills are in the category of like, well, they could did they, blow it. Yeah, it, but I mean. Didn't, I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah. pushed off to the side because they won. But yeah. to say that they're in the category of like the Chiefs and the Ravens is now not even a question. They, you know, they showed that they're that defense is, you know, there's some holes that they need to be filled. And the Raiders get exposed by the New England Patriots, kind of what everyone expected, but they're 2 0, 2 0 start, or yeah, 2 0 start, uh, you know, kind of got flushed out last week. So I'm going to go with the Bills here because I still think that the Bills aren't aren't a as fake as I think the Raiders are. I don't have any confidence in Derek Carr. Um, Josh Jacobs is really that whole offense, in my opinion. Darren Waller has started off a bit slow. He had that big game in week two, but at week one, he was he was held in check. And week three, uh, the Patriots completely shut him down. Um, so I think that it's, 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 there's too much weight on Jacobs against a really tough Bills defense all around. Um, and, and I think Derek Carr makes a multitude of mistakes this week, whether it be, you know, getting sacked or throwing picks or just fumbling in general. I think that they attack Derek Carr, um, blitz them, send everything at him. Bill's defense takes this game and shows why they're still at the top of the league. Yeah, I agree. I think um, you're right, Jordan, and that both teams kind of got exposed last week. Uh, in terms of the Raiders, they put up a good fight in the first half against the Pats. Yeah. Um, but second half, Pats just kind of put on the gas pedal and didn't look back. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like this Raiders team, but like you were saying, Jordan, they really don't have the the firepower or the capability to go up against this Bills defense and offense. I think yeah. Josh Allen is gonna maybe not like pick apart necessarily, but he's gonna be able to do damage against this Raiders secondary that's talented but also very young. Yeah, and um, they'll probably get the run game going a bit. And for the Raiders offensively, uh, the Bills defense is still among the best in football, top five unit. So yeah. they're really just not going to be able to have um, a chance against this team unless they play absolutely perfect and everything goes right. Uh, I think the Bills are going to prove that they're, you know, usually the Bills the past couple of years would start off 2-0, and 3-0, and and then they'd lose a game that's like maybe they should have won. But I think this year yeah. they're a little bit different. Uh, Josh Allen's going to continue his dark horse MVP campaign, and they're going to take this one with ease. I'm not worried about it if I'm a Bills fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. The one thing I'll say is that I, Derek Carr didn't have a horrible game this past week against us. Two touchdowns, yeah. no picks, 
267 yards. He only threw eight incomplete passes. So against a pretty stout passing defense, or actually, I don't know if you can even call it that anymore. I don't know if our passing defense is what everybody expected it to be. We let Derek Uh, Carr throw all over us. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. And so I think that Derek Carr can still do damage, but I would say that Buffalo secondary is right up there with ours, or at least on paper. So I've got to pick the Bills. I was high on them coming into this year, and they've proven me right. I'm going to keep picking them until they prove me otherwise. I've picked them all four weeks so far, so I'm going to keep going with it. Another one where, speaking of if the Patriots defense is everything it's touted to be, we're sure as hell going to find out this week when we go into Kansas City. Yeah. So it's always tough with the Patriots games because I said this before the podcast. It's tough to pick against your own team in anything. So even if I hate I I hate even doing this pick because I'm going to pick the Patriots pretty much every week. I'm just going to flat out and say that if if they lose, they lose. If they win, they win. But I think that this game is people are having a little bit of recency bias with like how they dismantled the Ravens last night. And they're not remembering that they almost lost to the Herbert Chargers just a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So I think that they, the Chiefs are a, a fantastic team, no matter, you know, obviously. It's not really, it goes without saying. But they aren't some 3-0 and powerhouse that has defeated every team by 20-plus points and who has shown no weaknesses. I think that there are definitely areas of their game that, that, the Patriots can expose and that Belichick can expose. Um, so I'm going to pick the Patriots. I don't have much valid reasoning behind why I'm picking the Patriots other than just emotionally that I want the Patriots to win. But a lot of the question marks that the Patriots had going into the season have been answered. But like Graham said, the, the factor in this game will be, can the defense hold up enough for Cam Newton to you know, produce. If Camden is playing catch up ball game like he played in the Seahawks game, look, we can we can tout Cam Newton as the you know top ten quarterback in the league that we all think he is now, but you you can't have him playing catch up every single week and expect to win games. So the, like Graham said, you know, the, the defense has to prove why that they're still at the top of the league. They've they've gotten exposed a couple weeks now, especially in the Seahawks game. You've got Russell Wilson and Mahomes who are very comparable in terms of talent. Um and if, if you have a week like – if the defense has a week like in the Seahawks uh, game, I don't think the Patriots are going to win. But I expect a bounce-back game from Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. So I'm going to pick the, the Patriots to win in a close one. Um, yeah, the Patriots fan in me obviously wants to think that the Pats are going to win this game. And they obviously could, I think, given their performance against um, the Seahawks. But I bet against the Chiefs last week. I'm not going to do it again. Uh <laughs> You said, yeah, they haven't blown out every team by 20 points, but they took care of the Texans. They took care of the Ravens, who I think I really am not confident that we could beat the Ravens right now. Um, so I feel like I almost have to go with the Chiefs in this one just by, by pure logic. Um, I think we could make it competitive. Obviously, Cam Newton has looked great throwing the ball sometimes, but again, he only has two passing touchdowns on the year. He's done a lot with his legs, but... The Chiefs um, are probably the most dynamic offense in the league uh, today. They have so many weapons and everything, and this Patriots defense has not looked great against the pass. So uh, the Chiefs, I think, just have us a little outmatched. They're just they're just better. I think they're the, mm-hmm. probably the best team in football. Mm-hmm. Um, 
them and the Seahawks, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs just because they're the reigning champions. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this one, but it has potential to be an upset uh, for sure. The Patriots fan in me is always going to believe that we have a chance. Uh, so I'll go with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Obviously, I'm hoping for the Patriots going to win. I just don't see it happening this week. Yeah, I don't either. I've got the Chiefs, and my main reasoning for that is because, number one, the two things – well, this is really the main reason, one, 100%, not even number one. 100%, the way that Mahomes played this past week against Baltimore was he either looked to go downfield or he got outside of the pocket and hit his receivers about 8 to 15 yards past the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. And – we don't have the athletic linebackers as we used to, to be able to contain Mahomes and defend that kind of scramble, move the ball down the field through the air that we used to. And Stefan Gilmore has not number one, historically played very well against Tyreek Hill and number two sh- played the level that he did last year so far this year as a whole. So I don't trust our secondary's ability to be able to defend the deep downfield passes. Um, we got exposed by Russell Wilson and Mahomes is playing at a similar level to Wilson, right? At, well, Wilson is a league of his own right now, but mm. Mahomes is obviously insane. And I, if we win this game, it's going to be a shootout. It, yeah. There's no way that we li- There's no way that we win this game. If the under hits, absolutely none. You can take that to the bank, but I think that if cam can dismantle the secondary, like he did, against Seattle, then go ahead. You, we have a chance. But like you said, Jordan, a lot of his touchdowns this season have been – it might have been Pat. A lot of his touchdowns have been on the, on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's, tied for the, he's tied for the league lead in rushing he touchdowns. Is. He has four. four. There's like five guys yeah. with four touchdowns right now. Yeah, he's tied with four. and He only has two passing touchdowns, but those that lack of passing touchdowns is because we haven't been a team to – just take the top off the defense. We've been methodically driving down the field, picking up chunks at a time, and that's where those rushing touchdowns come into play. So I'm completely fine with that being the case. I don't need to see the numbers in the touchdowns to know that he's playing well as a passer. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe if Cam Newton is able to absolutely destroy the Chiefs' defense, then maybe we can win a shootout. But I just don't see it happening logically. I think that Mahomes is going to go insane like he still has been. They've won their last 12 games dating back to last season. I don't see that changing this week. Mm-hmm. This it, That game probably should be a primetime game, but it's not. And I say that it probably should because the Sunday night football game, which we're about to get into, is going to be horrible in my opinion. You've got yeah. the 0-2-1 Philadelphia Eagles at the 2-1 San Francisco 49ers. I've been a huge Carson Wentz guy. Uh from the beginning of the season. Like I had mentioned earlier, I thought he was, he had the edge on Dak. Um, I think injuries just slowed his career, unfortunately. And, but he really hasn't started the season. Great. Um, last week though, I think he did. He obviously ended in a tie, but I think he did bounce back and had a decent week. His, the, the interceptions is a big problem though. He's Mm -hmm. making throws where that he shouldn't make, but in general, I think the problem with him is that, Doug Peterson wasn't letting him use his legs as much as he used to. And Wentz is a mobile quarterback. He can throw in the pocket, but he can also move around a little bit. I think you could compare him to kind of Patrick Mahomes, not in talent, but in the way he can move around in the pocket. He's not someone like Lamar who's going to scramble all around like a running back, yeah. but he can move pretty well. Uh, and, and he came back came back last week and rushed for 
for 65 yards on nine attempts and got the touchdown. And then, uh, you know, got another passing touchdown as well um, with 200 plus yards. So I, I think he's on the, on the rise a bit, but this 49ers defense, even without Nick Bosa is still a great defense. Mm-hmm. And for Wentz to struggle again, to throw 200 yards against, and it took overtime theoretically to throw 200 yards against a Bengals defense. That is nothing to ride home about. Makes me a little bit worried that he's not going to be able to. This isn't the week he he takes it to the next level. This is a week where he kind of falls back a bit. I think. Um, but yeah, like Graham said, this is going to be a shit show. You could this game could easily. I'm taking the under on this game without a doubt. I mean, it's not even close in my opinion, um, because you've got. Presumably Nick Mullins. I'm not sure if Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back or not. But still, even with that, the 49ers offense doesn't scare me um, too much. And the Eagles offense sure as hell doesn't scare me, especially against a good defense. So I'm going to take the 49ers in a pretty low-scoring game. Yeah. um, I would like to pick the Eagles as an underdog here, but um, the thing is, like, I really just don't believe that they'll be able to compete with his 49ers defense if they really couldn't do anything against the Bengals defense, which is not good uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So it doesn't really matter who is starting under center for the Niners. Like they really don't need to play Jimmy Garoppolo this week. They don't need to rush him back for this game. So they could very well just start Nick Mullins, probably win comfortably. Don't really have to worry about it. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yeah. Another clean sweep. I, I think that first of all, the Giants, First of all, we were talking, I think it was before the pod, we were talking about who had the best defense in the NFL, and Pittsburgh entered the conversation. Mm-hmm. They held the Giants, the, the Giants scored double digits on the Steelers with a healthy Saquon, even if he didn't do much. And mm-hmm. they, the depleted 49ers defense held them to single digits. So yeah. they only scored nine on the 49ers defense, which was missing, I want to say it was five starters which is insane. Um, I, with the way that Carson Wentz has played so far, I have absolutely no faith in him to be able to put up points on a defense that can do something like that, even when it's not at its best. Yeah. And then when you add in the fact that they might be getting pieces back this week, it's not even a question. I think that San Francisco comes away with it pretty easily. Yeah, I think um, something I want to say before we move on regarding San Francisco is I think a lot of people are kind of writing them off heading into this year because, like, their offense really isn't anything special. But their defense is still the defense that carried them to the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, yeah. they're missing key pieces. Nick Bosa was top three player, top two player on that defense last year, and he's out for the season. But they're still a very strong defense, a top seven probably unit in football, um, without a doubt. So I, just, I wouldn't sleep on them in games where you're going against, like, an offensive juggernaut or whatever, I wouldn't sleep on their ability to shut down a team's offense completely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And one of those offensive juggernauts rounds out this week's games. The Green Bay Packers have looked absolutely monstrous so far this season, and they've got the lowly Atlanta Falcons at home on Monday night. Yeah. You couldn't get lower than the Falcons are right now. I feel very (laughs) bad for their fans uh, having to witness two well, three in the last couple of years, but two recently collapses of epic proportions. I mean, to blow a lead, to, to really have Nick Foles step in 
and the joke is always like, oh, Nick Foles, like he's he's this great quarterback that never gets credit and everything. And people probably were, I bet the Falcons fans were joking around. And all of a sudden he leads them and comes back against them. To blow a lead like that to the, uh, the you know, Chicago Bears is like, you know, pretty bad. Um, and they really don't have an excuse. I mean, their team, their defense is nothing great. I mean, it's never, their defense has never been their strong suit. But their offense with Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I know Julio didn't play last week, but in general, is a great offense. It's still elite. Mm-hmm. So, and they're scoring at an exceptional rate. It's just that their defense can't hold up. Yeah. So, and there's n- no indication g- given from them that I think that they're going to be able to stop Aaron Rodgers, who looks to be his vintage self, even without Devontae Adams. He's expected to play now that it's a Monday night game. Give him another week with his hamstring. Um, they're going to dismantle this team. I think this could, again, we talked about shootouts. This game could easily be a shootout because neither, neither team's defense is that great. But Aaron Rodgers looks too good for me to bet against him right now. Sus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's not sus. Hey, yo, what the fuck? And maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe a little, little bit. bit. I, I, I insert, insert, insert Graham's, some, Graham's putting something in there. I know it. I already did. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I know. It I heard it. Uh, I have to pick an upset this week, and I'm kind of forced into it, but I'm going to have to go with the Falcons here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've been really high on the Packers this year. Uh, But if you think about it, they really barely beat the Saints. It came down to a Taysom Hill fumble. And the Saints don't look that much better than the Falcons right now, believe it or not, even though the Falcons have had two terrible losses in a row, blowing those ginormous leads in the fourth quarter. Uh, If the Falcons had to pick a team to upset, like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, I mean, it's going to be a shootout, and that's yeah. the only games the Falcons are you, really going to win. You pick a bad defensive team for them to Right, upset. I would pick a bad defensive team, and the Packers yeah. really have not been good defensively this year. They have some good defensive players. they got Jair Alexander. Um, that's really the only guy I can name. But <laughs> <laughs> they've got some good defensive players. But if the Falcons were going to upset a team, like, this this is the team to do it to. So I'm going to have to go with the Falcons. I think they're going to be able to put enough together on the offensive side of the ball, especially if Julio Jones comes back, there's nobody in the league that can guard him one-on-one. And if he's being doubled, that'll open up uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Russell Gage, Todd Gurley might be able to get something going. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons. I'm not thrilled that I have to pick them for an upset, but I think they have potential to do it. I think that the only way that the Falcons can pull off an upset this week is if Dan Quinn gets his head out of his ass and gives the ball to Devonta Freeman. Not Devontae Freeman, Todd Gurley. That's what I meant to say. Uh, he's been a staple in their backfield for yeah. He's been a staple yeah. in their backfield for yeah, so yeah. long. Yeah. I, I, whenever I think of the Falcons' run game, I just automatically think of Freeman. But yeah. if he can give the ball to Todd Gurley, like they have a chance to do something. But he's been force feeding their wide receivers, which I yeah. can't really blame him for because they're great. Talented. Their receiving core is very, very talented. But late in games, instead of trying to run the clock out, he just keeps trying to throw the ball. Yeah. And they keep throwing incompletions, and it makes for quick three and outs, and that's what allows them to give up blown leads. Yeah. That being said, I don't think that the Packers will allow for Atlanta to have a lead to blow. No sus uh, this week. So <laughs> no, a lot I, of sus, but okay, keep going. <laughs> I, I think that I think that between Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers doing everything that he's been doing, there's no way in hell. 
heaven, earth, anything between there that the Falcons will have a lead at any point in this game other than maybe if they choose to receive after the kickoff. So <laughs> the Falcons defense just can't can't compare to Aaron Rodgers at this point. And there's – Pat, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. You hadn't lone wolfed yet this episode. Yeah. So I, I – Had to do it. Had to do it at least once, so I I respect where you're coming from, but I think the Packers have it in the bag this week. Uh, another thing I wanted to say, I'm surprised Dan Quinn still has a job. I don't understand. Yes, how is he not fired yet? We're recording on Tuesday. There's between this year and last year, they started one and nine last year, and now they're zero and three, probably about to be zero and four. And the fact that you've blown two leads like that, there's obviously just like, even if it's just a mental thing, you have to get rid of him to move, be able to move yeah. the team forward. You can't keep going on like that. Yeah, I think their defensive coordinator has to go too. I couldn't name him, but like, oh my God. Like, yeah. how yeah. how do you do this? I'm surprised that he wasn't fired yesterday, let alone so yeah. far today. Should have been fired in the middle of the game. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, in the fourth exactly. quarter. And, like, you can only use the excuse. We always talk about, like, well, their defense isn't that good. And, like, a defensive coordinator, can't, like, you can only use that excuse for so long. You can't just be, like, coordinating a defense that's just, like, is mediocre to below average every yeah, single year. the GM, though. He's had years yeah. to put together a good defense for this offense. And the offense yeah. has always been in the top half of the league. And they just haven't. They've had good players. They've had Deion Jones. They've had Adrian Claiborne. Um, yeah. Brady Jarrett. But, you know, yeah. they're just not putting it together. So nope. someone has to change in Atlanta. Yeah, or they're gonna blow it up. Yep. I think that. I think that you could see three coaches gone by this time next week. I think that Bill O'Brien, Dan Quinn, and Adam Gase out of here. Bill O'Brien shouldn't even be anywhere near a, uh, a football a team football ever field. again. Ever. <laughs> Ever. He shouldn't they even be allowed game. to watch football. Like, yeah. it, take away his cable subscription, please. Yeah. Him and Adam Gase. Like, Dan Quinn is yeah. like, all right, I have sympathy for Dan Quinn, kind of like, you know, whatever. But those two, guys are, just, those two guys are just, oh, yeah, terrible. Especially Gase. That guy ruins every team he goes to. Yeah. Gase is so, just knucklehead. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to start off our closing thoughts. Uh, Big week in sports. I've got four closing thoughts. Uh, number one, RIP Dallas Stars. I think I may have jinxed them last week. But obviously, Tampa Bay Lightning coming away with the cup this week. You hate to see it, but at the same time, I like Expected. seeing parody. Yeah, I, I like seeing parody in the NHL. I like seeing, like, for, what was it? It was, like, I think it's the third, maybe fourth year in a row, and then five years in a row that you've had different teams in the cup final, but for the third or fourth year in a row, we've had a, a champion who hasn't won in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, kind of the same reason why I was rooting for the nationals last year, other than just fuck the Dodgers or, and, and the Astros, everybody else in the ML isn't the Red Sox, but like the, yeah. the Nationals won. Uh, I like to see teams that had won in a while. So yeah. at, going off of that, you've got the first time, in a very long time that you don't have the Warriors in an NBA finals starting tomorrow between the Lakers and heat. That should be a great series. And eight and six, <laughs> eight and six um, Lakers and four. This episode will likely release on Wednesday night. Uh, and then not long after that, we're going to have green runs deep on the podcast coming up within the next couple of days. So make sure you keep an eye out for that episode. Uh, same great content. We're going to be talking straight Celtics and basketball, how where they go from here, recapping the Eastern Conference Finals, 
all of that good stuff. And final closing thought for me, MLB playoffs start today. And I have two roommates that are both Rays fans. So please kill me now. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll start it off with, I was going to mention this when we were doing our predictions, but it was just announced about an hour ago that the Broncos are starting Brett Ripon at quarterback oh. instead of <laughs> I have no idea Start who this guy boat. is. Give the I, boat another chance. I, I I stand by the boat. He's good. He's I not have no there. idea who this guy is. I've never heard of him. I've never but heard of him. That is that Brett Ripon's son? I think so. That's sick. So, I actually, I'm actually here for that now. Now that I, that would be crazy. Uh, I know he played a little bit towards the end of last week. Yeah. He threw 53 yards and in an interception. So <laughs> he doesn't look uh, like he's going to give them any sort of advantage over Driscoll. But th- that doesn't really change my prediction. But I thought that was interesting. It's going to make the game a lot closer. Um, and then my other Coles McDonald say the Bruins with Tory Krug, he looks to be imminently traded within the next couple of days. I think they are, his, their final offer to him was somewhere around six years, six and a half. I don't we'll know if it. he's. I don't know if he's uh yeah, well trade you his rights. We need a we need a pick though. Um but yeah, I don't know if he's if he's gonna accept that. I think he's looking for near eight million, which I don't really think we should give him, especially when you're transitioning into the post Chara Bergeron era. To give a thirty year old um six years at six and a half, I'm not really a big fan of it. Um but yeah, I guess there's some rumors that we might go after Taylor Hall. Uh move to Brusk, free up some cap. Um but yeah, that's all I got, I believe, Pat. I'll pass it off to you. Uh, I don't have much except I am kind of disgusted with how the Celtics played in the last eight minutes of that fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, there was a stretch where they shot like a stupid three-pointer like and four straight. I mean, we'll get more into this when we record with GRD. But um, they shot like a stupid three-pointer and the Heat went back and scored and then it got out of yeah. hand. Um Run it back next season, I think. I don't think we have to make any major moves. Maybe just try to get a center or something. That's really all I got. Yeah. Uh, and go Falcons. I really need that upset. I got to close that. <laughs> yeah, any yeah, picks I had different from doing this week have to hit. <laughs> well, that's about that, it. That one does it. Uh, Pat, you've only got two picks differing from Jordan. So at the mm-hmm. best, you can break even with him. So. That's how I keep it close. Got to pick all the same ones. <laughs> that'll wrap it up this has been season two episode five new guys podcast like we said keep an eye out for our episode with green runs deep coming out in the next couple of days and we'll see y'all next time peace, peace.